What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode four of the Antler Up podcast. I'm Jeremy Dinsmore, and Dimitri and I have Bryant Lyon on today's show. Bryant is an avid hunter from Ohio, and not only does Bryant love chasing whitetail and waterfowl hunting, but he also loves getting other individuals' bows set up with amazing custom strings made by America's best bow strings. In this episode, Bryant shares hunting stories, tips on getting a customized set of strings for your bow, and the detailed work that goes into making a high-end quality string. And he also discusses how he balances work, family, and hunting. We are so excited to have him on today's show. And before we get into it, I just want to take a quick second to thank all the listeners out there for our first few shows. We are having so much fun recording and getting them out there. And again, just thank you so much for listening, giving us feedback. We're always looking to improve and uh, we're having so much fun doing it. And we can't wait to continue to put out some more great content for you guys. And also, I want to say thank you to Shea Butler Knives for making our brand new leather patch hats that we're going to have on our website sometime within the next week. So be on the lookout for that as well. So if you want a new hat, we got all black. We have a loaded with some camo mesh in the back. These hats are awesome. The quality of them is phenomenal. The craftsmanship that Shea put into it uh, is is unmatched. So we are very thankful for him making our hats. And uh, so go check them out at SheaButlerKnives.com and be on the lookout for AntlerUpOutdoors.com for the new merch to drop soon of the day let's thank our partners over at america's best bowstrings and if you are looking to have an unmatched quality durability and performance in a set of strings look no further than an abb uh, this is where quality and perfection and a peace of mind comes in uh, where you are getting a great set of custom strings built for you um, and for really any compound bow new or old and that's the awesome thing uh, where you will get no peep uh, rotation, no creep, no serving separation. And, uh, you know, this is a, the set of strings that I've been using. Actually, last year I used the premium series. I thought they were phenomenal uh, for the price point that you could get them in, you know, custom to you. Uh, this year, man, I cannot wait to show everybody what I'll be throwing on the VXR uh, 28 and a new custom set of strings. And I'll actually will be running a platinum series uh, set of strings. So check that out here soon when the bow comes in and we do a total bow build video. So again, check them out uh, at americasbestbowstrings.com. All right. And on the line, I have Bryant line from America's Best Bowstrings. And Bryant, welcome, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. We really appreciate it. Uh, and before we get into everything, Brian, talking about uh, your 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 past your hunting this past season, uh, how you got with ABB, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and, and where you're coming from. Sure. Um, good place to start as any is, uh, again, my name is Brian Lyon, and um, 31. I grew up in a little town called Strasburg, Ohio. I'm from Ohio. OH, um, and just kind of, uh, huge sports kid, you know, growing up, uh, big into athletics and, uh, kind of figured out school is important too. Once you get into high school and, uh, now I am a father of two little girls, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a husband and doing the whole dad and husband thing and kind of learning this whole adult life. So and that, that, that makes three of us sitting here. So that's, that's awesome. <laughs> Um, no, that's what I think you and I, we, we hit it off at the total archery challenge this past year at, at seven Springs. And, you know, we've, we, we formed this relationship, but 
we have a lot in common, man. I love that, you know, we post about our kids, our daughters, and um, we have the uh, same little superhero, uh, same uh, uh, com- common fat ground there with the superheroes. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, um, I would consider myself kind of a newbie when it comes to like actual comic books, but uh, it's something I just kind of got into a little over a year ago was actually just starting to collect comic books. That's awesome. Um, it's kind of, it's a dorky, but you gotta have a hobby. And, you know, my, I, I work in what used to be my hobby was hunting and, uh, you know, I'm into motorcycles and some other stuff like that, but comic book collecting has kind of been something that's just, I've been getting into and it's cool. And obviously, uh, I'm into a lot of the Marvel movies and DC movies and it's, it's its own thing now. It's kind of weird. That's awesome, man. You got to be a kid at heart. And that's what I even try to tell my students. And you know, don't, don't grow, don't be in a hurry to grow up, you know? Right. Like yep. I would second that big yep. time. Yep. Um, you know, Brian, you've mentioned about, you know, being avid in sports and growing up now, now, did you all, did you grow up from a hunting family? Oh yeah. That was, uh, my dad was a hunter and fisherman and we'd go camping. Anytime he'd come home from work, it'd be like, I'd be ready with my fishing pole if it was summer. And then it's the opposite. I'd have whatever bundled up little old camo clothing that I could have. We'd go hunting and I'd go sit you know, out on the ground with him, uh, when I was a kid, he'd take me out hunting. That was, that's where I got the bug. But yeah, it's ever since I was a little kid, it's, it's been a major part of my life. Now, Brian, when you were growing up, did you always archery hunt? Did you start rifle hunting? Um, tell us a little bit. Did you always just hunt deer, turkey, any other species of game when you were growing up? Uh, growing up, I would say there were, excuse me, there were two things that were pretty consistent. And that was just, you know, whitetail. I would go out with my dad and study and just kind of watch and be along for the ride when he would go out for archery. Um, by the time I turned, I think it was, uh, I was like 10 or 12, somewhere in that area. Uh, I went and took my hunter safety course uh, here at Ohio and, um, I got my license and pretty much I was a shotgun. Ohio is just now getting into rifles. I think it is, um, with like straight wall, cartridges but uh i use shotgun i would take shotgun season i go do hunting like that um but would still go you know travel around and and hang out during archery with my dad just to kind of get to know it because i love to be out there um but since then i you know i've gotten into archery more and more uh honestly i bought my i bought one of my dad's old crossbows off of him uh several years ago that was what i first used this whole crossbow compound you know do you use it or not and we can get into this later, but uh, I, that's what I started with was a crossbow. I started using a crossbow several years ago, far off my dad. And then, you know, I started to get into compound, but to kind of travel back and rabbit, rabbit trail, though, so I'm sorry. But it was whitetail, and then we would go do pheasant hunting. Like pheasant hunting was a big thing for us uh, as a kid and still now to this day uh, to get out and do some pheasant hunting. So Ohio, whitetail, small game, squirrels, rabbits, pheasant, uh, deer. Um, turkeys are big around here. I've not really ever been a, a huge turkey, turkey hunting fan. Um, I know some guys love that, but I just, I have not I've been able to really get into turkey hunting too much myself. Now, did Ohio always have, um, the history of big bucks when you were growing up or, you know, we recently hear of everyone wanting to go to Ohio to sh- shoot big bucks. Now, was that always the case growing up? Ohio has always been a big buck producer, I think, and I, I am not the, the 
encyclopedia for it necessarily, but uh, two of the biggest bucks uh, were harvested in Ohio. I think, uh, especially non-typical, uh, would have been the hole in the horn buck was found dead here in Ohio, uh, and then obviously uh, the beady buck that was shot. Oh boy, probably at this point, almost like 20 years ago, the beady buck was uh, the world record holder there for a while for a non-typical whitetail. Um, and there's Ohio's always had big deer. But I think more and more people are figuring that out, and a lot of farmers are starting to lease their land to people that want to come in here and uh, get a shot at a big animal. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, you know, for us being neighbors in Pennsylvania, we're looking forward to coming uh, a shot at it just to extend our season a little bit for next year, just to have fun and try new things. And if we fall flat on our face, we fall flat on our face. But it, you know, we're we're just excited to try new things and. Uh, Dimitri and I both took our families this past year out to a camp, uh, campground just to have some fun. And we both looked around and Dimitri didn't more so of this, of looking at the area and we're going to just go scout it out over the summer and have fun and, you know, get, get, get up more opportunities out, out in the woods. Mm-hmm, for sure. For sure. Are you guys thinking of coming over like late season or, or what are you looking at? You know, we might try a little bit of both. Uh, I know for me personally, I would like to try more of October first off mm-hmm. and then try late season just because I know your late season goes even beyond PAs. Yeah, our late season actually just closed yesterday uh, for archery. Yesterday was the last day uh, for archery season here in Ohio, and that started up like middle of September, I think it was. Yeah, that's awesome. So archery, archery just goes and goes and goes and goes. So <laughs> there's a lot of time to get you know several deer uh, in 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 this state. So I think too. I would say this. Yeah, I, I think too. The, the challenge is is the, also the pressure of, of the deer. So I think that'd be fun to just see the the difference of you know we think certain times of the of our PA season here. It you know deer are just always always pressure, but. That'd be something cool to just extend that almost another month for us in a sense. Right. So that'd be really cool right. to just test our, our skills and go after them. October and November are really good times to be over here. Um, I know personally, once you get past December, uh, like that last like push on muzzleloader and uh, shotgun seasons around here, that's pretty much it. The deer start to go nocturnal at that point. Um, it's been a, It was a rough year for me just for that very reason. I hunted some areas that were not super pressured, uh, but I just hunt some small parcels, nothing huge. Um, it's not like I got food plots out there, you know, and you know, there's a lot of farmers that do have corn. They cut the corn. Those deer just want to be in the cut corn. They want to eat that corn. They want to be there in the middle of the night. They're not stupid. Um, so I, I found myself hunting a lot more in the late season here, but it was just the, the most deer activity that I was seeing was that last week, October, those first two weeks of November. It's just, if you can get over here in that time frame, you're going to see some deer. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, when you graduated college, did you get started right away with ABB, or did you uh, get there just because of wanting to get into the outdoor industry and, and follow your passion? Well, <clears throat> I, I did attend college. I never actually graduated. Um, so I'm pretty much just a high school diploma kid um, with some college experience and some technical uh, trade experience. Um, I ended up, uh, I studied uh, mechanical engineering when I went to college. I just, it never really stuck for me. Didn't necessarily care for college too much. Uh, and then I ended up going to a trade school out in Pennsylvania. Nice. Um, I went to York Technical Institute and studied in their, mo- their motorcycle program. Uh, and was, like I said, a big time into motorcycles and I still am. 
still something I kind of keep on the back burner that I love to kind of check out shows and go to bike shops and whatnot. But uh, I have a pretty good sales background. I worked for uh, a a local Harley Davidson dealership here in Ohio. Uh, And honestly, that was the place where I learned how to really be a professional as far as like sales and just your everyday, you know, being a professional nine to five, like uh, how to operate and kind of like really learn how to adult a little bit there. Um, There's a great ownership group over there, a great group of people that I learned from. And I took that sales experience. And as long as you're driven, you can really find ways to, to make things happen. And uh, a little bit of time later, I ended up getting a good job, uh, obviously working with America's Best Bowstrings. And still to this day, I'm doing sales and, and uh, marketing for, for that company. That's really cool. And, you know, obviously I'm, I love my America's Best Bowstrings. I shot the, the premium um, series last year and I just, I'm ecstatic to finally, once my VXR gets here to throw those platinum strings on, and, you know, we can talk till we're blue in the face about all the description of the strings. But I love the, the fact that you guys are, are a small company you are putting out an amazing product that you believe in it. You are great to, to the clientele. And that's something that for me to be a part of, it, it means a, like the world to me, just because it's the person that I am. It's the individual that I might like, I look at my father who was a hardworking man and uh, you know, it just kind of replicates that kind of lifestyle. So um, you know, what could you, if, if you are trying to do that sales pitch to somebody, you know, telling them about the company, you know, what would you say? It's not something you want to make a hard sell, I guess. And kind of like what you said is we, we are a smaller company, I guess, when you really look at it. Um, as far as our industry, we like to think we're one of the top five. Yeah. Uh, we we kind of almost look at ourselves as that in that top three tier uh, of custom aftermarket string manufacturers. Um, but, we're just, we're people just like everybody else. We're archers ourselves. Um, and we know what it's like to get good service and we know what it's like to get bad service. We know what it's like to shoot and use a quality product. And, you know, same thing if you get a bad product and we're just, we're just your average everyday hunters ourselves and and people, honestly, that, you know, we know we want to make a good product for other people. And we want that message to be, you know, clear that we're here to make a good product, stand behind that product and we really want you to start, we want you to feel like you're a part of it too. And that's every shooter from our dealers uh, that we work with to, you know, our, our retail customers that are purchasing with us online or just any, anybody that's shooting an ABB string, we want them to feel like they're a part of this. This is just as much yours as it is the people that are building and working there. Yeah, and that's the great part. And let's dive a little bit into about your strings. I mean, the best thing about your strings is you have three different um, levels of strings that you can pick from. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Pursuit and the Premium and the Platinum strings. And the nice thing about that is you can kind of pick which one kind of fits you best. Right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's the awesome thing about keeping it, it's keeping it simple. Uh, Pursuit, Premium, Platinum, those are our three customizable lines that we have, crossbow and compound models. And we made it good, better, best. It's really easy uh, to kind of make that call and, and how we have these uh, separated into that good, better, best model. Um, obviously, you started that Pursuit Series is, is your good, Premium is your better, Platinum is the best. That's, that's the best that we offer. 
And that's how we really try to break it down. We can get into the technical aspect of it. Once we really kind of find out what the customer's looking for, you know, are you looking for just, you know, an upgrade, you know, and, and it's easier for them to kind of figure out where they want to be, um, which is something we're really happy about. We don't, we don't make it too hard with like eight different string series and everybody's going, oh, what is this made out of? And what is this price point? And what is this? It's uh, pretty good to keep it in that three range. And then you also have recurve strings as well. Is that correct? You also have the, the recurve strings too, Brian, don't you? Yeah, we do traditional. Yeah, we do have traditional archery strings like for recurves, longbows. Um, and honestly, we're finding out that that's a market that uh, we're going to start to put more effort into, put more attention into because there are a lot of uh, traditional archers out there. Yeah, um, yeah. right now that's a, of, that, that's a big thing that I've noticed too, like on social media and just a lot of people talking about it. Mm-hmm. I personally don't know a whole lot about the, the traditional archer uh, archery side of things. Um, but it's something I'm definitely learning as I talk to some people that are really into it. Um, a lot of guys we find, you know, they, they, they're very, they're almost more picky about their equipment. Um, than you know, guys that are doing, you know, shooting compound bows. <laughs> that's um, it's a very basic setup with that recurve and the string that's on it and you know, your arrow. Um, but it's, it's really, they look at the, the fine, the fine details of every little part of that that's going on there because they have to really have good stuff on there with it being so minimalistic. And that's the thing too, Brian, that I'll even speak on just because of personal experience of having two separate sets of, of premium strings. I, I'm just blown away that I didn't even have the, the best, you know, like you said, you got the good, the better, the best. And for me to be in that middle range with the premium, I was floored. Like absolutely just blown away by the quality of the strings, the, the detail that, that you and the guys do. Um, it's just something really, you know, you guys take, take pride in your work and that's awesome. And because I I've gone to the shop and when I got those blue ones put on, I mean, the uh, Bryce, our, our, our Bowtech guy, he was just, he was like, man, these are sharp. They look awesome. But the detail like of the quality is, is far or none. You know what I mean? That's just for for a consumer i'm like wow i got a really great set of strings i feel comfortable i feel confident but then like once you start shooting it knowing that there's really no break in time no peep rotation i had zero zero uh just anything to go with like feeling unconfident i felt confident Mm -hmm. from the second he set those strings on and it just it was it blew my mind and i i was always a stock string guy I never really, you know, went about, oh, I need to have my own custom strings until the more I thought about it. It's like, okay, yeah, we do spend money on a a good stabilizer on a really good site. And then the more you listen to other people like John Dudley, his first thing he always would say, if you have the ability to spend money to buy strings, that's the first thing I'm going to tell people to do. And I'm like, well, yeah, that because it's something custom to you. It's also going to be the different quality. It's just not being mass produced. That's where I started to kind of the, the wheel started turning for me. And again, like once I started seeing your, your quality against other people's compared to whether it's uh, a local guy making his own strings, which, you know, go for it, have at it, have fun doing it. But your qualities, is, like you said, one of the top five, I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously I could say I'm biased, but it's the best that I've seen. And yeah, we appreciate that, man. That's, um, you know, like you kind of said, there is, the, people don't think about strings too much. They might think about, well, oh, it's just a colored string. I can add a color or something. Um, 
it's really way more than just the colors of a string. It's the performance of, uh, of getting a, a better quality string actually being built as opposed to, you know, built by hand. And yeah, there's some machine that's involved, but uh, it's not just some machine that's just twisting and zipping and putting the serving on and, and then it's kicked out the door and they don't really care because it was low, you know, low quality. It just doesn't matter. It's out the door. It's not their problem anymore. We really take pride in what we do as far as the building process, talking to the customers, getting a good quality product out there. And we love to get feedback on it. We love to hear what's going on, good and bad. If there's something, uh, you know, bad you want to go over, we're going to definitely help you try to figure it out. We're going to get you taken care of. If it's good, it's something, you know, we can continue to build on and and relay to to others. Yeah, and just like Jeremy said, I never even really considered bow strings as a secondary on my bow until – this past year when Jeremy and I were both in the market for new strings. And I remember picking up a bow off the shelf, a brand new bow. I think it was a Matthews and the quality of stock strings were on it. We saw a kink in the strings. I remember when we pulled that one off the shelf and a lot of people wouldn't even realize how that would really affect their shooting, even just with a little bit of a kink in their string. Yeah, absolutely. Or, I mean, if there's any stretch, if you're constantly fighting that peep, after every shot, if you're, you know, you're a competition archer, you certainly don't want to mess with that after, you know, you take one shot when you have to play with your peep again and get ready to shoot again. And if you're out there and you get the buck of a lifetime uh, under you or an animal that you're out there and you might have one shot at it, uh, you don't want to fight your peep. You don't want to think, uh, you know, is you know, my serving going to come apart? Is my string going to, is it stretched? Did I lose poundage? Am I going to not hit where I'm supposed to be shooting? Um, a good set of strings can really, uh, be a huge fix and it's a good foundation to look at. I, I liken it to, to tires on a car. You're not going to want to run around on bald tires or bad tires. Uh, you want some pretty good tires to get on there, you know? And so it's, it's just the same with strings. Strings are really driving. They're connected to your cams on the bow and it's also connected to your arrow. I mean, that's, that's a, a connection point. It's everything is run right through that string. So it's an important piece of equipment on the bow. Yeah, and the fact that you're, the warranty that you have on these strings as well is proof that you have total confidence in your product as well. I mean, to offer for the, the Platinum Series, you offer a two-year warranty, um, and then also with the premium, a one-year. Yeah, and that's brand new this year uh, after a lot of testing with that Platinum Series and playing with some different things and really getting a good hard look at what our strings can do. Um, the confidence that we have in it is to put that two-year warranty on there. Um, it just, for us, it speaks louder to be able to do that than to sit behind smoke and mirrors and say all these different things about your strings. Um, it, it's really, it's backing it up. If something happens as far as uh, peep rotation, serving separation, or any stretching that you're seeing there, we're going to take care of it um, because we, we firmly believe in that and we know that we're getting your hard-earned dollars um, for our strings and we want to make sure that they're working correctly yeah yeah that's awesome and then like just going off to that technology too brian i know you know depending on which series strings that you order you know you talk about the q set and the fiber lock you know out of all those technology pieces that you offer what's one that you think really stands out the most to you for me um ah, boy they all go hand in hand in a different way or the other uh, I think the most important that, that we're doing uh, is going to come down to that equalized strand technology. 
We're making sure that every piece is under consistent tension. Uh, that's the very, it's the very foundation of what we're doing. We want to make sure that all those strands in the blanking stage are under equal tension. So therefore, you don't have a couple strands that are loose or they're, they're not as tight as the other. Because if you get that, you're going to start seeing peak rotation. You're going to see uh, possible stretching. You'll start to see the strands come undone in a bundle. Um, that's the very foundation. I would say that our equalized strand technology is really the most important technology that ABB offers. Everything else, it just kind of branches off of that one basic foundation of what we do. Yeah, that's awesome. I just even think back to uh, a couple of years ago when I was shooting a Hoyt Pro, Pro Defiant and I had the stock strings on that thing. And I just remember that first year I shot, it was shot well. And then that's, you know, as the spring was coming around and I wanted to get shooting again, I just remember t- like, I was like, oh man, like my peep is not even in in focus right now like with my eyesight like it, it it rotated it just you know it was just a mess and i'm you know i had to take it to the bow shop and had to get it looked at and fixed and all that jazz but now like i said once i got my the two sets that i have on on the, the vertex was was perfect i had zero issues you know the second set that i got the only reason why i bought a second set was just because i wanted a different color you know what i mean mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so that's just uh again a testament to you guys and when we put on those strings and Bo was or when bryce was doing that it was just really really cool that to see when he did the cam and just did everything the cam sync it just was perfect one time mm-hmm. and he's just like man those guys at ab abb know what they're doing it's just again it's just it's awesome to see that yeah, and, and we appreciate that. Our job is to make it, uh, to make the archery uh, experience, you know, shooting a bow, we want to make it enjoyable for everybody. But at the, at the very beginning, if you're buying from a dealer, their job is to get that installed, get it properly taken care of, and that way their customer is going to be happy. And if, uh, you know, a dealer, you know, or the bow tech is constantly having to mess around with tuning that bow, taking twists out, putting twists in, you know, just go back and check in and have to constantly paper tune, uh, that's a lot of time for them. So they're spending a lot of time on one set that they're losing money at that point. Our job is to, to make the, those shops profitable by making it a, a pretty quick uh, installation and tuning process. And then when it gets to the shooter, or the, you know, the owner of the bow and those new strings, they can enjoy shooting and knowing that, you know, we kind of, we say peace of mind is priceless. We stand behind that for that very reason. We want to make your archery experience enjoyable by not having to play and settle with your strings, take it back to your bow shop and, you know, and retune the bow and your bow tech has to spend more time doing that. Like we just want to make it an easy, smooth transition from the moment you purchase to the moment that you actually start to get shooting those things. Yeah. And I, I think Brian, the only difficult decision you're going to have when, when getting your ABB strings is figuring out how you want to customize your strings, because when you get on that site and you can totally customize your strings, however you want, but it is a difficult decision. That's the hardest part, man. I mean, really, it all comes down to that. And it's not just for everybody else. I'm going to say this right here. I have the worst time when it comes to figuring out what colors that I want to put uh, on, on my next set of strings. So um, it, the cool thing about that builder is you can go and there's so many different options. And we've made most of these color options available uh, for our Pursuit Premium and Platinum. And then when you get into the serving colors and we have the brand new, uh, brand new, at least in the last year and two years, is adding those cool, uh, the color options on the speed knocks. If you have speed knocks on your bow, uh, doing that heat shrink in a different color, um, pinstriping options. There's just, I mean, it's, it's really, 
there's a lot of customization there. So you can kind of go crazy uh, just twisting all these different colors up and trying to figure it out. Yeah. But it's fun. I mean, that's the cool thing about it is you kind of make it personal to what you want to do. Um, and that's it's kind of just a way to, to get your, your own uh, version out there. Yeah, I think uh, Jeremy and I both use most of our lunch breaks of customizing <laughs> strings and sending each other uh, lots of options and trying to figure out which ones we want to put on our bow this year. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, one thing I would like to say, you know, for everybody listening, is when you go in and you're, you're doing that builder, that custom builder there, um, the one thing we want everybody to remember is that is a digital representation in that builder. It's not going to be 100% accurate to color uh, of the actual fiber. We try to get it as close as we can, um, but that's been one thing that we've gotten feedback on is that, hey, this is not exactly what it is in the builder. And we try to let everybody know that that is as close as we can get it digitally as a digital artwork. Um, but we're always willing, if somebody has a question about a color, always willing to send over a picture. Or, you know, we can take a picture of the actual fiber, send it over to them, and uh, try to get them taken care of that way. Yeah, and that's even what we did for my set with the VXR for this upcoming season. You know, I I kind of talked to you about it, and you're like, yeah, that might be what you're looking for, but I think this is more. And you know, you sent me that picture over, and I was like, that's exactly what I was looking for. So you know, you mm-hmm. you know, you you had that great idea. You're on pinpoint with that. Now, Brian, like even we'll stick with you know talking about the industry and the challenges and everything. You know, what are some of the challenges the company and you know yourself face in this hunting industry? Uh, there's a couple different things. Um, I'm just going to come out and say that there, there are a lot of other string manufacturers. Um, there's a lot of people. It doesn't take much to buy some equipment, get some stuff, get some fibers, and, and try to try to build your own string. Um, and there are some other good string companies out there. I, I'm still going to stand behind the fact that I think that we are the best string company uh, that's out there right now um, as far as product and customer service. Um so it, it is, it's, it's a big market share. There, there's a big piece of the pie and everybody's fighting for their piece. So uh, that's, that can be a little difficult at times, a little trying uh, to figure out, you know, how you want to get in front of a, another market, another group of people. Um, but then also it's, it's getting into the busy time of year for us is basically around summer. When we come back from July 4th holiday, it's, I mean, it's on, like it is busy. It is go time. Uh, strap your big boy boots on and get ready to take a lot of orders because they're just, it's going to be going like from the moment the phones turn on. So the at, way after the moment the phones are turned off um, and keeping into that lead time, just keeping the lead time short for our customers is very important to us this year. Um, it's always important, but this year we really are going to try to keep those lead times down so everybody can get their products in a good amount of time. Uh, it can always be difficult because summer it's just everybody decides to order their strings when it's way too late right before the hunts are starting. You got most of the side of the western side of the US getting ready for their elk hunts or their western hunts, you know, mule deer, antelope. Um and then you've got the other side, you know, that are getting ready to do like three D shoots and so they want to get their new strings before they're going out. I mean, the best time to get strings is like right now. Uh you know, it's we're looking at one to two day lead times typically. That's where we try to keep it. When you get into that busy season, time can kind of build up a little bit. So we do our best to get it, get them out as quick as we can, but that's that's the little tricky part of the of this business right now. And I'll even just speak on myself for the for my experience. We had a set built for me during your extremely busy time, so I was actually one of them in September. And mm-hmm. you're like, "Hey, Jeremy, you know they're not going to be here like 
like our normal lead time. And I was like, yeah, no, that's fine. And you got them here before the end of September. And I mean, I, you know, I still waited two weeks and I knew about that and I had no issue with that. That was my decision, but you guys still did an amazing job and you were upfront about it and it is what it is. You know, like you said, I waited until the last minute. And then, you know, this past year with the VXR one, you sent, I sent, we talked like on a Monday, I think, or on a Tuesday and, and my bows, my strings were here on Friday, you know? And like, right. so, I mean, there's like, again, the difference between when you're slammed and busy compared to when you have lots of time on your hands to, to get some, some strings made. Absolutely. It, it is. It's a, it's, it's a pretty tough beast to get sometimes is, is keeping those lead times down in the summer. And that's, there's nothing wrong with getting strings in the summer. I mean, that's just, that will probably always be the busiest time of year for us. Um, it's just, we try to educate people as best as we can to say, look at them, you know, in that late winter, early springtime. Um, and it also gets you some time to get behind that string to kind of get used to what you're, you know, you're, where you're shooting and just get, get used to know the strings, your bow. It's always good to be out there shooting. Uh, gives you another reason to get to shoot, go find an indoor range that you can hang out at your local pro shop. Um, but it really, it can be tricky. I mean, there's, there's been some phone calls that I've had for trying to keep people calm and, uh, you know, let them know, Hey, we're working as quick as we can. And, you know, our production team, they're working crazy hours in the summer. Right. And I will um, say that so. it, it, the weight is worth it. If you have to wait, just because, I mean, like I said, the quality, the, the ease of the performance, the ease of tuning the bow, it's just been, it's, it's just so easy. Um, you know, now let's kind of switch a little bit, Brian, just because myself, Dimitri and Mike, you know, part of Antler Up, we're, we're family guys, you know, we have children, you have children, you know, how do you balance work, family and hunting? Cause this is something that I know I've always had a big, big issue with when I get into something that I'm so passionate about, I let it consume me and whether it's good mm-hmm. or bad. And, you know, I always got to, you know, first and foremost, it, it's, it's about family. And again, that's why I, I like to talk to the people within this industry, just because I know they're like family people, you know what I mean? And then it almost feels like we're a big family. So, you know, how do you go about balancing work, family and hunting? It's, it's tricky. I'll say that this year was really a good, I put, I kind of thought a better system in place for myself, but it is hard. Um, I'm so used to going out there and just, you know, especially uh, let's start looking at hunting season, typical hunting season. It's like, I'd get off work. I'm going hunting and on the weekends. I'm going hunting. I'm going to probably sit out in that tree, you know, for the most of the morning. And then I'm going to come in. I'm going to eat a little bit for the after, you know, around noonish, maybe take a nap. And then I'm right back out in the woods. Um, as I got older and I, you know, met my wife, um, I still had a little bit more of that leeway, but once you become a dad and you're working a job like this in this industry, um, you put some hours in, it works for sure. But, you're also putting in a lot of hours when you get home because, you know, being a dad and, and being a husband, that's almost a full-time job on itself too, because really the way that I, that I look at it now, the way that I approach it is it can be hard to not go out uh, sometimes, you know, in the woods and, and go put a full day hunt in or something like that. But at this stage of my life, my daughters uh, are five and two. I only get them at five and two. And then, you know, while they're still young like this, I get it one time. Um, the woods aren't going anywhere for me. Uh, I'm always going to be able to go hunt, but right now for me, it's being able to enjoy watching my daughters grow up, get to do a little bit more with them when I get home from work or whenever it's the weekend and go try to do something fun with them. Um, but really I still try to dedicate, you know, I try to dedicate some time when I know that weather is really 
you know, can't miss weather to go hunt. Uh, you know, I'll plan that out. Tell my wife, Hey, I'm going to go hit the woods. You might not see me <laughs> a whole lot this weekend, but it is, it's a tough act to juggle. It's really tough. I feel like this year I learned a little bit more that how to kind of work that, you know, tiptoe that line. Um, but it's, and I think that's for everybody, not just, you know, me, but yeah, being a dad and a husband and working a job and still wanting to hunt. I'd love to do a whole lot more hunting, but right now I just kind of accepted the fact that I'm dad and I only get these girls while they're little one time. So I want to enjoy it while I can. Yeah. And I think going off balancing hunting and, and family, I think it just changes our strategy a little bit where mostly maybe if we got more time to hunt, we might be doing some observational sits uh, early in the season and being a little more aggressive and later in the season. But I feel Jeremy and I talk about it all the time where we may only get six to eight sits a year for archery, just because we're trying to balance work, family and hunting that, you know, maybe in earlier in the season, we might be a little more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I try to pinpoint down certain times of the year that I know are can't miss. Like I said, you get that weather involved too. Um, but you get, I, you know, I hook up my trail cameras. I start, I start letting those go in the summer. I start taking an inventory of what's in the area. Let those trail cameras do a lot of work for me. And, you know, when I can actually get out on some of the property and just sit there with some glass, you know, get some binoculars out and just watch from afar into some of these fields and kind of see what's going on. That's where I put in, you know, I'll let that stuff take care of itself. And then you kind of, I don't like to pressure my areas. That's something I learned really a, a hard lesson last year was just pressure really matters in this, in, in, in hunting. Um, especially when you're hunting smaller parcels. I've got one parcel that's about 23 acres and I've got another parcel that's about 53, 55 acres. Um, you have no room for error. You, you don't really have any say of what these deer are doing. You just have to find a good travel corridor, get a good pattern on them. If you've got a good deer in that area, you've got to try to get them while you can. Um, this year, I unfortunately was about a week too late. Um, I did a hanging hunt and I put a stand up and I had a good pin on a really nice, uh, you know, nine point, uh, a couple other bucks that were possible shooters, but I was about a week late on that one. Yeah. And I know you and I briefly talked a little bit about your season, you know, like you said, you, you were a little under the weather there for a little bit, but you know, what were some of the challenge that you faced this year and some things that you're looking forward to, to, you know, either making adjustments to and, and going back at it for next year? So this year I went back out to my in-laws property, which was a, was a property that I did not hunt at all last, last year, meaning for like the 2018 season. So I wanted to get back onto it this year after leaving it alone for a year. And, um, I thought I had a really good spot picked out on the property and it, the trail cameras were telling me that, that it was a good spot. Like I said, I had several good bucks in the area. Uh, a good group of does that was working through that area too. So I really thought once I got into that late October, early November timeframe, that it was just going to happen for me. Um, unfortunately though, again, hunting a small area, um, that's surrounded by a local sportsman's club, it borderlines with a local sportsman's club. Uh, I found out that there were some other younger guys, uh, that were new to the, the neighboring property. They started hunting out there, and you could tell that they were new because of some of the stuff that they were doing, kicking up a lot of deer, busting up a lot of deer. Um, It kind of made it hard. Uh, It was almost like hunting public land, I guess, in in a real sense of the term. I was hunting a private private parcel 
but I really felt some days it was just like hunting public land. I down the down from the hill from where I set my stand at is a really nice creek. Well, once our waterfowl season opened up, guess what? There were waterfowl hunters down on the creek almost every Saturday and Sunday, which was the times that I was going out to hunt myself. So they're, you know, shooting at birds. You know, not a whole lot of deer are going to stick around when it's, you know, you got a creek probably about, I don't know, give or take 200 yards down the hill from you. So it was really tricky. That's the one thing that I learned this year is just, I mean, it's it's almost as if you have to hang and hunt it. You know, I learned that is, is really is get in a stand, find a tree, hang it. If it doesn't happen that time and it's not really working for you, just move along, find another spot. Now, Brian, you know, the, the biggest thing, Jeremy and I are, are big guys in our faith and looking over your website, seeing that you guys are big into a company with a foundation of serving God. And we really love that idea about your company. Yeah. Um, it's important to us, uh, without, without God, uh, I mean, what are we doing? You know what I mean? We all kind of strive to be good people, uh, and, and servants of God. And we are, we, we walk by faith. So uh, every morning we say a prayer, you know, and just, that's how we start our day. And and some people might look at that and kind of give you an awkward eye. Um, but that's just who we are. That's what we believe. And, uh, our belief is strong and that's, kind of it's how you know you go through a work day just knowing that you're there serving god and all's going to be good yeah and we really love that now is there anything abb is working on for the future maybe this coming year or next year there is something (laughs) i can't say too much right now (laughs) Um, but there was something that we were really close to launching at this past year's ata show um but we kind of pulled back on, on the reins on that one. And we wanted to get a little more time, uh, working on this product and, uh, really looking forward to getting some actual, um, get some more, more testing done, like real world testing with, uh, you know, working at, you know, doing 3d, getting into some of our, our, our media partners hands and have them do some early season hunts with it. Um, and get ready to probably, I, I think we have a real good idea that we're going to launch that, uh, going into next year at the next year's ATA show. That's awesome. And I even, I mean, just for you saying that, that just means, again, the quality and the effort that you and the company go through just to make sure you're putting out the best of the best. You know, you could have just said, oh, hey, here's something new. Let's just try to put something new out. Let's make a buzz and let's do it. You know, but, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, you're, let's test it out a little bit more. There's, I think we could make a little bit fine adjustments. That's awesome. I, I, again, just another little knock to you guys. That's, that's really, really cool. Um, You know, go ahead, go ahead, Brian. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, in this industry, it can be really easy to take something that you think is ready and just push it out there just for the sake of saying we have a new product. Right. Um, we just did not feel comfortable enough. I mean, we felt good about it, but we really think we can we can really get this thing, really get some people excited for it going into next year um, with some of this testing we're doing. And like I said, we're going to get some real world uh, testing with it, with our media partners uh, going on and we're going to see some cool stuff. There's going to be some cool stuff when we get towards the tail end of this year. I know it this year just started, <laughs> but there's going to be some cool stuff once we get further down into next hunting season. Could I take it? Well, I'm not going to guess what the product is, but is it when the Kiefer brothers came by, like I want to say late summer or early fall and they got a chance to come into the building and they were like top secret stuff, ABB. Is that kind of one of the products maybe? 
they, yeah, they, they kind of got an idea of what we're doing. <laughs> um, we've talked about it with a couple others, um, awesome. but they have an idea and it's, it's going to be pretty cool. I mean, like I said, we've already really been putting a lot of testing into it, a lot of thought into it. And, it's going to be cool. It's something that I don't think anybody else in this industry has even been able to touch, being close to, been able to sniff it. That's um, awesome. So we're really excited about this. It's going to be really cool. I know. I'm really, really excited. And, and Brian, you know, I just, again, I kind of want to go back to one question that we, we talked about just because I know Dimitri even, you know, just spoke about it a little bit and you did, you know, about the work balance and the family and everything like that. You know, that's one thing for myself, again, like how I mentioned earlier, I'm trying to get better at, even just for the simple fact that, you know, I'm a school teacher and, uh, come fall and spring, I coach football and the spring I coach baseball, I'm our varsity baseball head coach. And, you know, like you said, one time, is for our, our kids and for our wives and, you know, trying to make that balance. And I, I remember listening to another podcast when Mark Canyon talked about it, if that meant for him to get up a little bit earlier to shoot his bow, he would do that. Um, and that's something where I love even for myself getting them involved with this, um, just to, to, to make that even something that we could have in common. I know right now my daughter, she'll be six here in the beginning of March and she was, been asking to get a bow and I know I gave it to her a little bit earlier just because we had nice weather. My wife was sick and I'm like, Hey, let's just go outside. I'm going to give her this, this new bow. And she was just ecstatic. Um, so again, it's even not only being with them, spending time with them, but maybe introducing them too to what we're doing as well. So, you know, that's just something, again, I, I appreciate what, what you guys are doing and what you do as an individual. I love seeing what you post and uh, with the family as well, just because again, you're a family guy, I could relate to that and it, it, it's awesome. Yeah, man. And I, I appreciate that. And that's awesome that you got uh, your daughter out there with a the bow. I actually, um, we were just at the store the other day and I, I grabbed this little green, uh, just youth bow. And I said, what do you think? So I'm like, you think she's ready? And she's like, maybe one more year, but she says, we'll think about it. We'll talk about it. So I'm already getting that itch to get her one. She's been in the backyard with dad with like this little toy bow. Um, you know, we'll shoot at the target and I let her get her shots in and it might not go anywhere near that target, but it's just the, the fact that she's out there with me in the right. backyard and just kind of would get her out in the outdoors. She goes and does the, the trail cam pulls with me and we go out and we kind of do some, you know, we'll hike around every now and again. I love getting her, uh, the binoculars. She loves getting binoculars out and, and watching animals and, and when we're doing scouting and stuff. So it's important, you know, even, yeah, they're, you know, girls, it's, it, I mean, girls get into this industry. I mean, women are out there running. My wife has a bow and I'm trying to get her more into it and she loves doing it. But for her, her duties as mom are a little bit more, you know, time constrained to what she's doing. But it's awesome to get people out there because this is something that is, and whether we like it or not, it's shrinking. Right. People right. are not going out in the outdoors. They're not, you know, the hunting numbers, hunters numbers are going down. We're losing, you know, land that, that we can go out and hunt on um it's important to get our numbers back up and to be unified not tearing each other down all the time which exactly i gotta say the one thing you know one thing i love about what you guys are doing is you're not there for the pool of just getting likes and getting comments and stuff for like especially like you know is it oh compound crossbow or like if you shoot a crossbow you're a sissy you know right, or right. something right. like that it's like can't yep. we all just if it's legal can we all just appreciate what others are doing? If somebody shoots a doe instead of a, a you know, 170 inch class whitetail, can't we just say, Hey, good job. That's right, awesome. Right. Like, why does it have to be a, you know, a measuring contest on all these things? Why can't we just 
pat each other on the back and just like really appreciate what we're doing as hunters and conservationists. Exactly. And then even our, our, you know, Mike, who's part of the antler up, I'm a buddy of mine that I met at total archery challenge and he's helping me out with this and just having fun. I love having him around same, like, you know, same mind. And, uh, his first, he's only two years hunting. And this past fall, he was able to connect on a nice mature doe and man, like the story behind it, I was so thrilled. Like I talked to his dad the day it happened and everything like that. And just to hear his excitement, his pure joy. And he'll, he just said, he'll always say, I'll, I'll never forget that moment. And it's just awesome. And like you said, numbers are going down. And that's where for me as a school teacher, I love the platform that I have because I'm a health and phys ed teacher. So I get a chance to see almost all the kids in our school. And I'm always like, Hey guys, you know, follow antler up. And they're all like, you know, some of them are joking at me, but then I get the kind of like, Oh, like that is kind of cool. Well, my uncle hunts and, and like somebody, they know hunts and they're like, they get more intrigued by it. And then we talk about mm-hmm. it and it just keeps building and building. And now I have, I have a few and I'm actually looking into, um, I'm, I'm just right on the cusp of getting the okay from starting like our own little hunting slash angler, um, little club after school where I want to get our, game commission to come and talk to our kids, get, you know, take, uh, take them to, to Scotia to, you know, learn about shotgun shooting, learn about rifle shooting, learn about how to shoot a bow, go fly fishing, just how to get people to come and talk. And what's really cool is we're going to have a brand new rock wall. And I was talking, uh, to, to Taylor Campbell for, with urban hunt over at the outdoor show this past weekend. And I just said to him, I'm like, Hey man, I'm like, I want to get a saddle just to, to climb up on the rock wall. And then during our archery unit, just start shooting down at some targets. He's like, dude, that'd be so sweet. But you know, that's just something where I want to get these kids involved because we're, where we are located in central Pennsylvania. We have the, we have the resources and we have the students that want to do it. Um, and I think it's, it's really important that if we could send a positive message, just like you said about, you know, all being nice to each other, uh, it, it's something that I, like I heard one person say before, like, could you imagine thinking about our daughters not being able to hunt or have the opportunity to hunt? And that's scary. And that's where we, I want to be, you know, one little tiny voice and positive influence where people can, can pick, pick up and go hunt. Absolutely. And that, that's, that's awesome that. You know, you're, you're, you've had those conversations and then there's that idea to do that because in my opinion, I think that's like the best time to do it is, is when you get these young kids and they kind of show an interest in it, it's, it's okay to, 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 to like hunting. It's okay to fish. It's okay to want to go camping and do these things. And, uh, it, it, sometimes I feel like the message is construed that we're killers. Exactly. I'm sorry. Every time I've taken an animal, I've harvested an animal. I will go down there and I know, you know, I've heard this before. I've heard some guys say, you know, this is what they do, but this is what we do as, as, as hunters and conservationists is we are grateful on, uh, to God for, for providing us that animal. But there's also that, that you have taken the life of that animal and it's a respect thing. It's like that animal is not going to go to waste. I'm not just cutting its antlers off or its head off and saying, here I am a trophy hunter. This is how, you know, I'm a man or, you know, this or that. Um, but it's, it's the ultimate, you know, as far as like circle of life and like, we appreciate this is what, you know, we're doing. And this is, this is an animal that's going to sustain us uh, with good, uh, healthy, organic meat. Um, it's lived a good life. This is the most humane way, honestly, that a lot of them, if they do die, this might be the most humane way that they die. Um, and people like to spew it that we're just killers. And it really is a bummer to see that. And, and but it's, 
as a hunting community is just continue to to respect what others are doing and appreciate what we're doing and get that message out there however we can. Yeah, and I think just recently I started to appreciate just being out in the outdoors a little more. You know, when we're growing up, we I think I when I was sitting in the tree stand when I had a young age, every time I was out in the woods, I wanted to get something. You know, we're out there, we're putting in the work, we want to be rewarded. But I think recently, I don't know if it's maybe the birth of my son that changed things a little bit for me. But when I'm sitting out there, I think every sit, I just enjoy being out there and I don't even have to see a deer and I enjoy that sit every time that I'm out there and maybe just see a woodpecker or a squirrel running across that we thought was a deer. I mean, I think that I'm just enjoying hunting and being out in the outdoors and the peace and the quiet and just the thought process of being out there and strategizing is a little bit more rewarding than actually getting something sometimes. Yeah, man, it makes you appreciate, you know, the fresh air and the peace, like you said, the peace and quiet sometimes. Uh, again, that's the most peace and quiet that I get. <laughs> you know, you might get a, a yeah, a squirrel barking at you every now and again or something, but it it is very calming and peaceful and um, you know, we're there to hunt, which is what we're all trying to, you know, get an animal to harvest an animal cleanly. Um, but it really it is it's it's something. It really connects you with with, you know, I don't know if I want to say the most primal thing, but it's just that peace, that quiet. You're part of being out in the outdoors. It does. You do respect it a lot more as you get older. Right. Um, so that's, that's awesome to hear, man. Well, Brian, I mean, that kind of wraps everything up. Is there anything else that we missed, especially hitting on for ABB or anything? Um, I mean, I think you guys hit most everything. And honestly, what I can say is if anybody's interested in, in America's Best Bowstrings and you don't know if you want to commit to a set of strings, but you want to give us a call and kind of chat about it or, you know, any, anything like that, give us a call. Um, you know, our, our phone number is 877-893-7155. Our website, www.americasbestbowstrings.com. Please check out our social channels. We try to do some cool stuff there. Um, our YouTube channel, we're going to try to grow that a little bit more as far as like just some different content to educate, you know, people about the strings and just some different things, archery related. Um, but it's, I could probably talk about this stuff for hours and hours and hours and sit on the phone and talk to you guys because it's been a fun yep. conversation. Um, but for me, if I missed anything or there's something I didn't hit on, please check out americasbestbowstrings.com. Give us a call. We'll chat you up. You know, we've got time to talk to you and discuss, you know, strings and uh, anything that's technical, you know, you want to get into. But I really appreciate you guys having me on there and, and being able to have to talk about ABB being able to kind of tell a little bit of my story. I'm sorry if I rabbit trail a little bit or kind of have some, you know, just some ramblings, but, um, I, you know, it's, it's good to be able to get out and talk. And I love talking to guys that are out there, you know, doing it too, uh, you know, hunting and uh, getting out there. And it's just, it's, it's cool to be part of, part of this. We're all part of this, you know what I mean? As far as hunting and being hunters and outdoorsmen, it's, uh, it's really cool to be able to go on here and talk to you guys. So I certainly appreciate that. Awesome, Brian. We appreciate everything that you've done and, and, you know, the guys over at ABB and, uh, you know, we, we thank you so much. So, uh, again, go check out America's best bowstring, everyone They're Like I said, the quality speaks for themselves. So go ahead on over and give them a, check them out on, on social media and on their website. And if you have any questions, like I said, and just give them a call. So thanks everybody for listening until next time. Antler up. 
Again, everybody, thank you so much for listening. And uh, thank you to Brian from America's Best Bowstrings. Please go check them out. The quality is unmatched. Uh, your bow will be shooting awesome for you. And again, I uh, want to do a real quick shout out again for plug for our new hats that are going to be coming out. Check on social media when that gets released. Uh, they're going to be all black. And we have another set with Loden with some camo mesh in the back. The Richardson styled hats. They're brand new. Uh, leather patch by ShayButlerKnives.com. So check him out. Again, thank you everybody so, so much for listening. Till next time, Antler up.